Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? After all that, a game that could not have gone better if I drew it up on a board for the New York Jets. And here we are again, staring down the barrel of one and three. And I'm not normally the one to do this because blame the refs is a BS way to look at things normally. Not tonight. Certainly not tonight. That was as disqualifying, as embarrassing, as shocking a bad performance from NFL officiating as you will ever see. Now, the Chiefs got screwed on some too, but the Jets in particular, on that last drive, my good gracious, that was a, that was an out-of-body experience for me, and I'm sure for many of you who are joining us on YouTube and Facebook, wherever you may be, thank you for tuning in to the Jet Press. My name is Mike Luciano. We have Justin Free joining us a little bit later once he finishes up a couple different things he's got to cover for this atrocity of an ending in an otherwise amazing game for the New York Jets, who fall to 1-3 and three in an effort that was valiant and one that I don't think anybody really has too much of an issue with anybody on the Jets today. I mean, there are some, but conceptually, pretty good game. So thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it may be that you get your podcasts. We're on all those spots. And we're on YouTube and TikTok at the Jet Press. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow on TikTok. We really get some good responses there. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the Jet Press. I swear it is not for egotistical reasons. I swear it's just for getting us up those review charts, just for the business end. If you want to help out the show, that is a way to do it. And uh, we'll try to get to as many comments as possible. Uh, there are a lot flowing in right now. Uh, R- Rory Coyle in chat says robbed again. I mean, hard to argue with that. Uh, Scott Black, Roger Goodell is a Swifty. I mean, he's not beating the allegations after that game. Uh, Alexandro Rivera Prado saying never won for sore losing, but that was a BS call. No other way around it. We'll get to all that. Let's start with, let's just take it back and do a little bit of a chronological recap because I thought the Jets were dead as a dinosaur starting this game out. I mean, it was 17 nothing before you could blink. There were big plays. There were penalties. Nobody could stop Isaiah Pacheco. I'm going to see Isaiah Pacheco in my freaking nightmares because of this game. And it didn't even look like the Jets were a part of the game. It was like they were the Washington Generals in this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift dating ritual. It was incredibly bizarre. Like they weren't even on the field. And then something switched in particular in Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, who we have crapped on Nathaniel Hackett, I think, as much as any Jets outlet. And he has not done a lot to earn praise. What a game plan. What an amazing game plan. And finally, he listened to a lot of the recommendation that Jets fans have been saying for months and months, actually weeks and weeks and weeks. They finally put Jeremy Ruckert in the game. Couple nice catches. Very good run blocking, like we all expected. And he didn't put Miko Hardman in, but Xavier Gibson, I guess, functionally is the Miko Hardman role. And he had a couple nice end arounds, a couple nice catches. Garrett Wilson, again, he's open all the time, and he was terrific. I believe he had nine catches in that game, nine catches for 60 yards. Alan Lazard with his best game as a Jet. How about Alan Lazard? That great play on the deep ball. He catches that touchdown. Alan Lazard was phenomenal. But the star of the show offensively, man, how about Zach Wilson, 28 of 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, in what is far and away the best game he's played in the NFL by leaps and bounds. And nobody has been given as much crap in, in of any player in the league, you could argue, for performance reasons as Zach Wilson in the last couple of days. I mean, we were calling for his head. We were figuring out when Trevor Simeon was going to come in. And he came out and balled out, confident, ripping throws. I know the play to Lazard was an underthrow, but you know what? We'll take it. We'll take it. Confident, moving around, even making plays under pressure, which he normally never does. He got down early, did not get flustered, had some big plays. He bounced back. I mean, that's what we've been waiting to see from Zach Wilson. And it came against one of the better defenses in the league in prime time when he had to go up against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you're a Zach Wilson hater, This is not the game for you because he was just unbelievable. And I've been a Zach Wilson hater, I I think, not not unfairly, but I mean, he hasn't really given me much to not hate about. 
boy, oh boy, I'm going to give him his roses today. That was a professional performance, and it really gives you hope that, all right, this, he's not unplayably bad. I remember I said a week ago he can't play again. He shut me up, made me look like a freaking idiot. What a game, what a game, what a game. And the defense, too, they went down early, 17 nothing. They could have just given up, and I, I even wrote in an article for the Jet Press, it was given Patriots 54, Jets 13 vibes. Like they didn't even look like they were in the game. And you know what? They freaking got to Patrick Mahomes, just like they got to Josh Allen. I think this defense, not only did the defensive line finally I think, wake up after really getting bullied early on, but with the way they play, if you're a guy like an Allen or a Mahomes who's a big play, crazy yardage guy, sometimes you get a little angsty of taking all these dump-offs. You're like, I got to get a big play. And Patrick Mahomes tried it twice, and he got picked twice. Now, he should have got picked a third time. We'll get to that later. But Patrick Mahomes did not look like Patrick Mahomes today. Credit to the defense. They took Travis Kelsey out of the game for large parts of the game. He was getting a couple catches early, and then they were talking more about Swift than they were about Kelsey. I'll say that much. Completely locked him down for good chunks in the middle of the game. A couple times they got to Mahomes, made some big stops when they needed to. They gave up 23 points, which in a vacuum doesn't sound great, but after the start they had, and again, it was a bad start. Those points count the same, and it's hard to dig yourself out of a 17-0 hole. We all understand that. And again, I'm not, I, as I've said before, I'm not a guy who looks at losses. You know what the refs are mistake? It, it's dumb. It's sports talk radio caller stuff. And, of course, there are opportunities that each team could have had to win the game. So blaming on the refs does not paint a fair picture. However, that game, that last drive, that was as close to the Montreal screw job for the wrestling fans with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That was as close to that as I think you're going to see in the NFL outside of that Rams-Saints game where they had the, the no-call pass interference when he trucked a guy before he caught the ball. That's as close as you're going to see to that. I mean, that penalty called on Sauce Gardner after, after he caught the pick. If you look at the video, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theory guy, but if you look at the video after the interception, you could see the ref double clutching the flag. Then he throws it. And I'm like, boy, oh boy, oh boy. And then, of course, that just took all the wind out of the sails. Now, again, Jets are at fault a little bit because they had Mahomes at third and 22, and he got a 24-yard run. Unacceptable. Backbreaker. That's something that shouldn't happen. I don't care what the situation is. And look, we understand that. And there's, there are some things to criticize in this game just on many levels. But, I, I mean, that, that loss, that, that penalty, even if you're a Chiefs homer, even if you're a Chiefs homer, that's a t- that you got to at least say, man, we got away with one. Like I see Craig Stark in chat. They didn't stop Mahomes twice and can't blame the refs. Got to make plays. I, I agree with both of those things. Zach Wilson just dropped a snap and fumbled it. When in a tie in a game where he's trying to come back, fair enough. Those things shouldn't happen. We understand that, but in the moment, I mean, Robert Sala looked like he was about to have a, an aneurysm. I mean, my God, he he, he was like he was going to explode. And you know what? Who would blame him? Robert Sala's a big jack guy. If he went into a roid rage and just attacked the guy, it wouldn't be right. But there's a segment of populace who would go, "Yeah, we understand." Because anybody, anybody would do that. That was egregious, and I just don't want it to overshadow kind of what happened today. Because there was a lot of progress from a lot of people that we thought, or at least I thought, were completely lost causes. I thought Wilson was done. We were counting down the days to Trevor Simeon. I thought Hackett didn't know what he was doing. I was really concerned about Salah's presence in the locker room. But you know what? The fact that the game was even like that, the fact that it was 23-20, and the fact that they came down from 17-0 and went on a a 20-3 run, I believe, at one point, the fact that that even happens shows that these guys believe in Robert Sala, and and Robert Sala can get these guys motivated because he's now had an impossible job. He's 1-3, but you know what? Aaron Rodgers goes down, and in that time, I know that they got crushed by Dallas, but... He gets him to rally for a win against Buffalo, Josh Allen, probably the second best quarterback in the league. And he makes Patrick Holmes look as human as he ever as he has in the last couple years. I mean, it's been a while. I know Mahomes is like one game a year where he just has a crazy stinker. But uh, man, oh man. Robert, Robert Sala, I tip my cap to you. 
to your bald head, to your anger, to your roid rage, because that was that's a tough way to lose. Some of it was your fault. Most of it, I think, at the end was not. Uh, Pablo Santana and Chet offensive line was holding. Can't believe they didn't call it. Like that's why I'm putting the blame on the refs. Like forget just the egregious calls. And again, both sides were doing this. The Jets had plenty of plays they got away with too. But I mean, my goodness, I mean, they were holding it looking like in every play in turn some of these teams, and nothing was called until they called it right at the end to really bust our balls. So I'm gonna welcome in Justin T. Freed now. Uh I did I did my little props to Zach Wilson. I did my props to Robert Sala. I did my props to the defense generally for holding Patrick Mahomes to what they held him to, especially after a start where it looked like they were dead, just completely dead on arrival. But the story of this game, instead of the Zach Wilson renaissance, for lack, for better or worse, it's going to be the refs at the end of the game. So, Justin, at, at the risk of giving you a heart attack that will make you keel over, I mean, I have my phone on standby. If you need 911, I'm here. So the floor is yours. Just fucking sucks, man. Like, it just, <laughs> it just, it, it just fucking sucks. Like, it really does. Because everyone expected the narrative going into this game. To be the Jets getting blown out, to be getting embarrassed on TV. Hell, I expected. I tweeted so many times about that this week. We talked about it on the show that everything, the narratives would be the Jets getting blown out, primetime television. Taylor Swift's gonna be dancing on him. That's gonna be the whole story. Instead, Zach Wilson balls the fuck out. Nathaniel Hackett turns into Kyle Shanahan overnight. We gotta talk about that because I don't know what the hell happened there. And the Jets are balling and they're playing stride for stride with one of the best teams in the world with the reigning champs and they're killing it. And they don't even mention Taylor Swift for like half the fucking game. Cause everyone's like, wow, look at Zach Wilson. And now you're right, Mike, that's not the narrative anymore. The narrative is the goddamn referees, the fucking NFL refs, man. Like, and I'm not, I, hold on. Justin, you're, you're I mean, a ref. I, you're a wrestling fan. I compared this to the Montreal screw job. Yeah. And honestly, maybe, 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 maybe Roger Goodell got in on this and was like, Hey man, cause did you see, I want to point this out because if you look at that last the, the, the hold on Sauce Gardner, right? Which, by the way, I never want to hear a goddamn bullshit hold thing about Sauce Gardner again. I don't want to hear no Sauce Grabner. I don't want to hear any of that because if he's getting called for this, if he's getting called for that to decide the game after he caught the pick, right, that's, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I wanted to point that out because if you watch that play back, Sauce got called for a hold before the ball's thrown. That's when the call was made. The ref was didn't throw the flag until after the interception was caught. Michael Carter caught the pick. The ref went up, like double clutched, and then threw it after clearly thinking to himself, hmm, should I really throw this flag? And he said, yeah, why not? Let's throw this flag. Five seconds after the penalty supposedly occurred, that wasn't even a penalty. The direct deposit hit his bank account right then and there. Yeah, I, I mean, you just I look, and I'm never that guy. People who have followed me on Twitter for years know that I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that blames refs for games. I never have been, never will be. I think it's a tired excuse. It's, it's honestly, it evens out in most cases. Teams get fucked by the refs. It happens. Are there some teams that get calls more than others? Yeah, I mean, the Jets haven't had a rough in the past or calls since 2021. That's some bullshit. But normally, normally it evens out. Normally it does. But this was a classic case of the NFL deciding a game. The, the referees decided who won this game. Because it's not only the hold. I don't know if you mentioned it. It was the non-hold that they, they, they didn't call on Jermaine Johnson on that third and 23 scramble from Patrick Yes, Mahomes. of course. 25 was... yards. Jermaine Johnson is over here like this. He's flailing his goddamn arms around. He's like, hey, look, I'm getting held for five seconds. Why was there no pass rush? Maybe because Jermaine Johnson's in a fucking chokehold. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. How do you really feel, Justin? <laughs> so we'll get to some comments really quick, and then we'll actually try to analyze this goddamn game before Justin like keels over live on stream. I'm just so, uh, so mad. I'm so mad. The uh, the well named YouTube commenting on YouTube. Uh, I'm not a Jets fan. F the refs. The NFL needs to be investigated. I mean, if they're getting that, even if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be thinking. And this is sucks right, yeah, right. Well, i'll be totally fair here right? i'm gonna be totally fair the bryce huff safety that shouldn't have been a safety that shouldn't have been a safety the face mask started before he was over the over the over the line shouldn't have been a safety said at the time tweeted it out the patrick mahomes uh uh non rough or, or non-grounding call that was the correct call that shouldn't have been grounding jet fans are pissed about that shouldn't have been grounded i will be fair about this right 
This was terrible. They completely blew the game. And what makes it even worse is you know exactly what's going to happen, Mike. You know what's going to happen. In two days, on Tuesday, we're going to get a, a tweet from every verified NFL account. So we have Schefter, Rapport, whatever. The NFL issuing an apology saying that the rules committee looked at it and that it wasn't actually a penalty. But guess what's not going to change, Mike? The outcome of this game. That's not changing. The Jets lost this game. Zach Wilson didn't get a chance. Would they have scored? I don't know. I would have loved to see it instead of seeing a 15-minute Kansas City Chiefs drive or whatever. It was, it was probably like eight minutes. I think it was like 15 plays. It's like watching Army-Navy. It was just taking eight minutes. You just yeah. got to watch them bleed out. The Jets got two defensive stops and neither counted, including one interception. They got two defensive stops on that drive. They forced them into third and long multiple times, got stops, and it didn't matter. As, well, as, someone, who, as someone who loves watching Patrick Mahomes, I feel like every time he runs – he gets number one more than 10 yards and he gets like one more yard than he needs to. Third and yeah. 11, he gets 12. Third and 22, he gets 24. It's That's like, why he's great. Like he's he's uh, amazing. And this Chiefs team is great. And guess what? This Chiefs defense is really good too. They're already yeah. a top five unit in the league. And the Jets offense look damn good. Like I, we could talk about that in a moment. Like there's so much to talk about with the Jets offense and Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson because they were genuinely outstanding. And I don't want all of that to get lost in this game. I know a lot of questions about Zach Wilson in the chat. Someone asking how many weeks did this buy Zach Wilson? This is from Josh Courage. He asked how many weeks did this buy Zach Wilson? Man, I don't know, but he definitely bought himself more time. Like it, we're talking, this man has been given 80,000 opportunities to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback and has failed almost every single time. In the 11th hour, it's 11.59 in his NFL career. He comes through with probably the best performance of his NFL career. And I, again, I'm not going to throw all the credit on Zach Wilson. He definitely deserves a lot of credit, but I'm going to give a lot of credit to the offensive coaching staff that I think did an outstanding job. I also think the Jets' skill possession, skill position players did a really, really good job in this game. Oh, yeah. Lazard, this was his best game I've seen him play in years. For sure. I've been so hard on Alan Lazard. And I think with a lot of my preseason stuff, and you as well, we've been right on about a lot of stuff. I was very wrong about Alan Lazard, at least to this point. He had an outstanding game, and I'm very happy to be wrong about that. Tyler Conklin balled out. Garrett Wilson balled out. Jeremy fucking Rucker, dude. Jeremy Rucker. They actually – look, maybe we could jump into this now because everything we've been screaming about for weeks well, – I, I, First, how about we just talk – let's look at just some of the things that didn't go right. We can get okay. that out of our system because there's less I'm, of that. Move into the positives. Now, if there's one thing – I want to get to a comment too from Drew and Chad who says, I feel bad for Salas. What have been a huge dude. W. He was goddamn so right. I, I thought he was gonna have a stroke. I thought he was gonna square up with the ref. I thought he was gonna knock him out. And that I is not a fair fight, man. <laughs> no, I mean he was livid. He was lit, and I don't blame him. Everybody in that building knew what happened. Everybody on the jet sideline, hell, everybody in the chief sideline knew exactly what happened there. Oof. It so, sucks. Let, let's just talk about some of the things that the reason that they lost. I said again at the beginning, like all the points count the same. They were down 17, nothing. It's nearly yep. impossible to go down 17 in the first quarter against Patrick Mahomes and win. So you got to real. I, and I know if I had to point to two guys who I think really kind of stunk it up in this game, if there were any mm-hmm. number one, the defensive one, I think early on was CJ Mosley. Uh, okay. I know that I know that he got the pick later, but, and I know that the defensive <laughs> line was getting pushed around, but I feel like he really let Pacheco loose on a couple of big runs Felt like early on they were just looking at where's 57 throwing to him. He looked kind of sluggish early on. And you could just see that, I mean, that's his defense. That's his cap. That He's a captain of that defense. And it just seemed like they were kind of stuck in the mud. They couldn't get out of neutral early on. And mm-hmm. I think Mosley's one of the big reasons for that. And also, like, I got to go back to this. You talked about how you were wrong on Lazard. I don't think I've ever been more wrong in anything than I was on Dalvin Cook. I mean, oh man, he sucks. Cut him and eat the money at this point. I'm genuinely going to say this over under on week six that he's a healthy scratch. I I, I think it's coming. I mean, his playing time has already decreased a lot. And I know he or they still used him more than they should have. But I'm be honest, like, just give those snaps to uh, to, to Michael Carter. Like, Carter's fine. Carter's a good third down back. He's. Easily the best pass blocking back on the, on the team. And I don't think Brees is bad at pass blocking, but Carter's genuinely good. If he was like two inches taller, he'd be one of the best pass blocking backs in the league. The, the offense slowed up in the second half. But again, they were really going in the first half. And they, this was a good performance for them in general. How many times is it, you know, Hall big run and then Wilson with a throw and Wilson with this. Yep. And then we get to midfield and we stop. We bring Dalvin Cook in to jitter around for two yards, and then we're behind the eight ball again. Yeah, like it's just a complete momentum killer. You just felt like the throwing air. a bunch of wood planks in the middle of your car when you're driving for you no felt- reason. You didn't have to throw the you- wood planks there. You did it yourself. 
You felt like the air sucked out of the entire offense whenever Dalvin Cook came on the field. Like that was the one thing. And I, I think Nathaniel Hackett legitimately, I will go out on a limb and say this. This was one of the best games that I think a Jets offensive coordinator has called in years. Oh my I, goodness. Yes. Well, first of all, low bar, very low bar to clear, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, this was outstanding. But the one thing that I will say is, man, let's just let's just stop. Let's cut it. Let's end it with Dalvin Cook. I tweeted it out weeks ago. I mean, I, you know, I've been saying this for, for months and months that he's been washed. This is kind of the same guy that I saw. In, in honestly, this is worse than the guy I saw in Minnesota last year, which honestly should be expected. He's getting older. He Not only is he – he's what is he, 28? He's a very old 28 because he – Minnesota ran him to the ground. Florida State ran him into the ground. He has so many carries on his legs. I'm not surprised he's like this. Now. I, I mean, you were – up on the cook demise where I was. I mean, even you couldn't have expected this. No, he's worse. He's worse than I expected. I mean, he's worse than I expected. I expected bad, but he looks borderline unplayable. I at least expected him to be a competent RB2, RB3. He's not. Like, he's just not. He's not right now. All right, now let's now let's be positive because it's hard to be. Because that's the thing. It was all positive. Yeah. And then that happened. Right, well, one more. I'll give, I want to shout out two more negatives. I thought Makai Becton, Makai Becton played a very bad game. Uh, I think early he, on. Yeah. He got better a little later, but early he on he was, yeah. Yeah. He had a really rough time. Uh, and look, I, I'm happy for the guy. I'm very happy. He's still there or he's still, he's playing and he's healthy. Uh, but I think of the five offensive linemen, he definitely was the worst one today. I'll be interested to see how they grade out and I'll watch back some of the tape, but first, First glance, I thought he played poorly. And I also think Michael Clemens was getting bullied around a lot earlier. Obviously, he missed that big tackle on the Isaiah Pacheco um, run, you know, that, that long run, the touchdown. Uh, I thought he was getting bullied around. But anyway, that's enough of the negative. Young there's, guy, guys have games like that. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to – I don't want to harp on it too much because there is a lot of positives. Because I mentioned this – I mentioned this before. Even though Uzama was in, Uzama actually caught that touchdown hold on a tear hold drop. On, hold on. I'm oh. sorry. Donald Johnson in chat. What what football are you watching, man? He said Cook is still good. Stop bagging on Cook. Cook is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we talking what? about what? Oh, I know it. No, I, I know the mistake he made. He was watching the Bills. He's talking James Cook. That's oh, the no, sorry. That's, you know what it was? He was watching Jets Vikings, the Mike White game. That's what it was. We're talking about Dalvin Cook, man. Dalvin Cook. He's oh, not. Okay. Cook's not. You want to hear his actual stats for the year? Was he's having I have his actual stats right Is now. Is it include, including today's game? Including today's game. I'm going to guess 2.2 yards per carry. All right, he has 31 carries okay. for uh, 74 yards. So what is that? How many is that? How many yards? 4 divided by 31 is 2.3. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Is it? Wait, I can't do math. 31 divided by 74. I don't know. Well, it'd be 74. Yeah, it's, it's, 70. yeah 2.3. 2.3, 2.4. 2.3 yards per carry. And, it, and what an out. He's just it, it, <laughs> And he's, he's, you know what he's doing? He's fighting for every extra yard. That's why he's worse than – I think he's second to last in the NFL in, in, in expected – or rushing yards over expected. He's, it's a signature move where he stays in one spot and jitters back and forth randomly and then gets tackled. Yep. Oh, and then he comes – Dalvin Cook wasn't being used yeah, enough. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, man, like we're agree to disagree at this point, man. I feel, like all. A, I feel like it's a troll. There's no way – like because – it's, you know, the people that like have the exact opposite opinion of everyone else. Like, there's going to be someone who comes in and it's like, this was the worst game of Zach Wilson's career. Like, I feel like oh, there's always somebody. Go, no, it's not. There's always going to come and be like, you know who had a bad game today? Nathaniel Hackett. thought he called it an awful game. But, like, <laughs> speaking of Hackett, though, he actually implemented some of the changes we've been asking for. Even though Uzama <laughs> caught the pass, we saw a lot more of Jeremy Ruckert. Yes. Uh, we didn't see Miko Hardman, but just functionally, Xavier Gibson was what we were asking from Hardman. So, I oh. guess... They might just say, all right, Hardman's a lost cause and roll with Gibson. But, I mean, we wanted one of those two in, and Gibson was in. And, again, Gibson didn't break the game open, but he added a nice new dimension. He was yes. at the night – he had that 14-yard little end-around he played near the red zone. He had a couple nice catches. Like, a lot of good stuff about Xavier Gibson. Dude. And uh, then Ruckert, again, a monstrous blocker for the tight end position. A yes. couple nice catches. Like, I, this is what we've been asking for. We weren't asking them for – we weren't asking them for, you know, to catch 10 balls a game, each of them. Yeah. I, I, Nathaniel Hackett, and I said it before, I think he called one of the best games I've ever seen from a Jets offensive coordinator. He did everything we were saying and then some. Like, and then some. I swear to God, he watched like one 49ers game and was like, oh, wait, I can do that. I can do this too. And then he did it. There was east-west movement. There was so much pre-snap motion. I couldn't believe my eyes at how much pre-snap motion was. Dude, Mike. Garrett Wilson was lining up in the slot half the time. He's been lining up outside like 80% of plays. They used Xavier Gibson. Jeremy Ruckert played like, I don't know, I'm going to eyeball it and say 60% of snaps when he was out there all the freaking time. 
it's it's nuts. It's nuts what they were doing. They were running predominantly to the right side of the O-line. That one toss out to Brees Hall, they had Ruckert in motion, in motion, pulling. I was like, oh, who is this man calling plays? I love you. I just, it was Surely not Nathaniel Hackett. Is, is, it, is this Sean McVay? Is this it, Bill it, Walsh we're watching? Dude. And I'm so glad you say that because I, I put out a tweet during the game and I said, Zach Wilson right now is reminding me of a young Jared Goff because he's getting, and again, this is no discredit to Zach Wilson. The Rams won. That's a huge 24, compliment. Jared Goff's rolling now. The Rams won 24 games over two years with Jared Goff as their quarterback. So this is not a discredit to, to Jared Goff, but Jared Goff, had issues reading defenses. He struggled to progress past his first read. So Sean McVay, Sean McVay made life very easy for him. And that's exactly what the Jets did today. This was the first time in Zach Wilson's entire NFL career that he was uplifted by his offensive coaching staff, that he was uplifted by his skill players around him. Because it wasn't just the coaching staff. The skill players did an excellent job. Garrett Wilson had an awesome game. We know he's awesome. Tyler Conklin showed up. Jeremy Ruckert showed up. Alan Lazard was awesome. Randall Cobb made a play. Randall freaking Cobb. Nicole Hardman, well, he was there. Xavier Gibson made a play. <laughs> like, put his pants on like everybody else. He was fine. I mean, it, it, not his fault. He didn't do anything. I'm spitting all over my laptop, man. Uh, but, <laughs> like, I, I, I think this was just an outstanding, outstanding game plan from the very start. Like, the Jets came out firing, and we said it all week. And I think it's very easy for us to sit here and just be like, oh, you know, the Jets should be aggressive on offense. They should try the trick plays. It wasn't even the trick plays. I could, if they, they tried to flea flicker, I couldn't give a shit. I was like, that's cool. Like, he tried something. It was how they came out firing on play action, immediately throwing the ball, going play action, having all these dudes in motion. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. You actually get some East West, like offense stuff. You have, you have guys motioning across the offense. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like, simple plays when they're in goal to go situation you have Garrett Wilson come across the formation and then run a dive that's great like instead of just running a straight up dive out of like 21 formation you have it you have you have guy a guy running across the formation and it keeps the linebackers on their toes it makes them pause for a second I mean I'm not even gonna joke I felt like I was watching the 49ers and the Dolphins offense for a little bit I was like Nathaniel Hackett who is this man? Who, genuinely who is he because this was an amazing amazing game plan from start to finish now, Donald, with a much more reasonable take this time, where he says this shows we can go toe-to-toe with anybody. I mean, if, yes. Yes. If they're like this. Yes. one if Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. Yes. And 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 it's not even like a shot at Zach Wilson, who, I, who played, obviously, an incredible game. This was, I would say, probably the best game of his career. I think specifically that that drive um, that led to that Lazard touchdown, that was the best drive he's ever had. By like, far. By far. He had multiple tight window throws. I mean, that that he was throwing a, a, a jump ball, like a, a back shoulder throw to, to Conklin up the seam. I was like, oh, this is the Zach Wilson we saw in college, man. I can't believe we're seeing this again. Our old friend Rich Galasso in chat. Again, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right there, Rich. Uh, Zach getting the ball out quick made a difference. I mean, yeah. partially, yeah. But the, the funny thing was Hackett, I think, got the perfect balance of giving him easy stuff and also – Stuff where he can let it rip because we've seen him make things too easy. And babies, him and LaFleur too, Mike LaFleur, they mm-hmm. both made things too easy where he gets the ball out quick. Yep. And then like function doesn't help the offense. The completion percentage is still low. There's no explosive plays. The defense just pins their ears back and comes after him because there's no threat. It wasn't all just get it and drop back. I mean, he was holding on the ball. I know the throw to Lazar was an underthrow, but at least it was in a spot where he could make a play on it. And he made a bunch of plays under pressure. I think I saw a thing where he said he was like 7 of 42 under pressure in the last yeah, couple of years. He was, he was made really a bunch of plays under pressure today. I know. It was and that throw to Lazard, the the touchdown one because you said the one the one that was underthrown, fine he kind of threw it up there and honestly Alan Lazard just made an amazing play on the ball. That touchdown throw to Lazard. That was one of the best throws he's ever made. That, that was unbelievable. It was an incredible incredible that time. Have, I mean that, I think the Corey Davis one with the Titans in terms of degree of difficulty yeah. too, was still one, but I mean that it's might be number two. It's right up there. And then right after that, when they're doing the two-point try, you know, Hackett calls the QB draw, which I didn't like that call. I, I was not a fan of that decision. Uh, and it honestly kind of blew up on them because the O-line got beat. But then Zach just makes a play. Like, when he when he, when he he scored that two-point try and he dove into the end zone, I was like, are we actually seeing a Zach Wilson star-making performance? Again, th- it's 11.59 on his NFL career. Like, this is – He's been given 80,000 opportunities. This is 80,001, and somehow he's still being given opportunities to show that he can be the guy. And somehow, of all times, on Sunday night football, when the entire like deck was stacked against him, there's no reason the Jets should have been even competitive in this game, let alone Zach Wilson having the best game of his career. 
and then he does it. And that just goes to show you what, what good coaching can do. The Jets were very, very properly coached, specifically on offense in this game. The offensive coaching staff, I cannot say enough great things. I want to know what – because I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett just flipped the script overnight or if maybe Aaron Rodgers had some say because obviously he's back in the building. Maybe it was just Rodgers' presence was calming to Zach Wilson. I don't know what it was because Nathaniel Hackett was doing stuff here. He didn't even do it in Jacksonville. He didn't do when he was last play calling. I mean, this was I, – I, I obviously haven't watched every single game that Nathaniel Hackett has called – but I think you'd be hard pressed to find much a much better game plan from him in his entire career than what we saw tonight. Maybe they really were very nihilistic about this, and it's like you know what? Let's just go out guns blazing. If he throws a pick, he throws a pick. If he doesn't, great. Now, I think maybe maybe the reason why I think that is because I think when the game kind of got like okay, we need to buckle down and win this, there were a couple decisions I thought were a little objectionable. Uh, like number one, I think early on when they kicked that Zerline field goal that immediately doinked off the right. Thing. I'm like, all right, I, I would probably go for it. It's the Chiefs. It's Mahomes. They're going to get some. That was a bit objectionable. Uh, again, the overusage of Dalvin Cook, because I think he like he thinks in his mind, this is the one problem from this game with Hackett. I still, he thinks like, oh, he's one play away. He's one play away. And there, I, there's some truth to that on a conceptual level. Like with Brees Hall, like it's almost like a basketball player when they just see some shots go in and that kind of mm-hmm. mentally helps. Like sometimes Brees just breaking a big run, it kind of gets him out of a malaise because he's been kind of like a – you know, two yards, three yards, two yards, three yards, 40 yards. Like that, he's been that kind of runner so far. So he's like, oh, Dalvin Cook's got to be one play away. Keeps overusing him. And again, obviously Wilson dropping the snap at the end. I mean, that was just bad. He got he got a little sped up and just just dropped it. And, and, and to his credit, I, somebody pointed this out in chat. I want to read a Zach Wilson quote because, uh, you know, Zach Wilson talking to the media after the game put the entire loss on him. He said, I lost us that oh, game. Oh, poor guy. No, no. Uh, he, said, he said, I lost us that game. He said he let the team down with the late fumble. Obviously, Robert Sala coming to his defense, and I think Jets fans are going to have a very different reaction to Sala coming to Wilson's defense this time. Sala saying that Wilson had nothing to be ashamed of, which absolutely he did not have anything to be ashamed of. I really, really, really wish, Mike, like, obviously, even aside from, like, oh, just to see if, you know, the Jets could win the game, I really wish we got to see Wilson come back in the game and, and get a shot to win this game after his mistake. Because I, I just would have loved to see how he responded. Because that was his first major mistake of the game. He had a couple of misthrows, a couple of, you know, maybe questionable decisions. But for the most part, he was outstanding. I would have loved to see how he would respond to that. Because that's always been an issue with him. And I was – I just – I really wanted to see that. And unfortunately – Obviously, the referees had different plans for that, and we don't need. Did to you see Connor Hughes' thing where he was like, he's like, I watched the replay. That was actually the correct call, and then like six minutes later, he's like, well, I watched it again, and actually, it was a bad call. Like, he basically got bullied into it. I did not see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody who watched like it's. I understand it, and I I genuinely feel for people because I obviously live tweet the game as well, so I feel for people who are in a situation where they're live tweeting a game. Because I've had this situation apply to me where I've, I've made a stupid tweet or something. I didn't see a play correctly. And then I got a million replies. People be like, you're, a, you're an idiot. You're a moron. What are you talking about? You didn't see this. I get it. There's a lot going on. Sometimes you miss things. I understand Connor Hughes in that situation. I feel for him because there's, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on. Uh, Can I complain about Taylor Swift now? Yeah, go for it, man. Go that was like earlier on, like when it looked like it was going to be a blowout. I mean, I said this before you got on, like the Jets weren't even participating in the game. It looked like it looked like. Yeah. The Chiefs were running seven on seven, and then Kelsey was going to catch some, and they're going to cut to Taylor Swift clapping. That's that's what they wanted to do, dude. They had almost ratified. Again, I don't know how the Taylor Swift fans operate. Swifties don't like send pipe bombs to my house or something <laughs> like that, but like I guess I know how some of them operate. 1989 like, is a great album. I'm I enjoy Taylor Swift some of Taylor Swift's music. Okay, like I'm I'm fairly <laughs> neutral on her. She seems really nice. Like I don't really like love for music, but it's not my genre. She seems okay. She's got some good songs, but like even if I was a Taylor Swift fan, like I get that you want to see her, but it's like, all right, can we just like actually like they weren't even watching the game go on? Like Dude, it was like what my like, that'd be annoying. Said. Even if I was a Swift fan, I'm like, all right, can we at least I tune in to watch a game, not just three images of Taylor Swift sitting, right? I'm pretty sure it was going into the fourth quarter. Mike Tarico said something along the lines of like the, the, the him and Chris Collinsworth were were lamenting the fact that they couldn't talk about Taylor Swift because they had to call a football game. They were like so stunned that this was a close game, and it, it, it didn't see those. Remember, they had all those graphics prepared. We didn't see them until the fourth quarter. You know, Mike, they wanted to bust those out as early as possible. Oh, they, they were the, planning on it. It was seventeen nothing. They're like, oh, we're gonna bust these out first quarter, second quarter. This be the whole topic. We're gonna see Taylor Swift celebrating with Donna Kelsey. This is gonna be the narrative of the whole game. Nope, nope. 
got flipped on its head. They didn't even mention her name for like two quarters. And then finally, they're like, I guess we got to talk about her now in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and like, and it's no, no hate to Taylor Swift. I don't know. Honestly, no hate to the NBC broadcast. Cause I totally yeah, I get why they did it. I just think they went a little, little overboard. They did, but hey, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because the narrative shifted. Unfortunately, the narrative at the end of the game is is the referees, and that really does suck. Because now the Jets are one and three, and and that and that and it's a shame because I don't, it's so weird to even like assess this team because through the first three games, I'd be like, oh, this is a worse than one and three team. But after watching this, I'm like, well, they just it's so weird because they just played so well against the Chiefs, and then they they beat the Bills. Imagine if the two Jets wins this season were against the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, <laughs> and then they, and then Mac Jones beat him. And, and this, I said this before about the Jets defense. They somehow play amazing. Like they just they force turnovers only against elite quarterbacks. But they well, can't. My, my working theory on that, I kind of said this before you came on, was like, again, it's a lot of Seattle, San Francisco, e drop back, Tampa two e take your, mm-hmm. you know, take what the defense gives you, drop it off quick and hit them hard, kind of thing. That's how they want to play. Like if you're a Mahomes or an Allen. And you're sitting there with nine completions and you're you're like itching for a big play. You're itching to break it open, especially after a couple of drives that didn't work. Like they, they want you to do that. Yeah. They want you to get greedy. And Josh Allen especially got greedy. You could see Mahomes too was getting a little like a little frustrated. And again, props to Mahomes. That scramble. I know they got it got held, but you know, it's a 24-yard run on third and twenty-two. It takes some some cojones yeah. to even attempt that. And he did it. Patrick Mahomes is great, yada, yada, yada. We know all that, but I mean, they really seem to frustrate these big arm quarterbacks because they, they limit the verticality. Now, if they had Tyree Kill, it's a completely different sure because they had nobody who could really kind of slice through that defense. But it's the perfect combination. If you don't have a guy who with the speed to really threaten the Jets, if they're not concerned about you, they're like, fine, take your six yard completion. Yeah. Take your ten yard drive, ten play drive that lasts five minutes. We're fine with that. And, and realistically, they had I mean, I'm going to count that last interception. I know the NFL is not going to count it, but the Jets had three interceptions of Patrick Mahomes, and all three of them he looked lost on. Like they were, none of the three were were particularly pretty interceptions. I know there's no such thing as a pretty interception, but they were as ugly as it gets. First of all, Ashton Davis only makes plays. The dude's played like ten defensive snaps the last two years, and he has three interceptions. That's pretty wild. Um, I want to give a shout out to the guy who I think is holding together this entire Jets defense right now and is playing like one of the best players in the roster, and that's Quincy Williams. Oh, my goodness. What a player. He's unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing Fred Warner. I'm seeing Fred Warner out there right now. He's he's amazing. He's legitimately a top three to five player on this team right now. And and you could argue he's a top three, like I, top three linebacker in football. I think it's in our whoa, right whoa, 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 whoa. Right now, he is playing like that. I'm not saying that he's going to be that at the end of the year. Right now, fi- show me three guys who have played better football at line, the linebacker position through the first four weeks of the season than Quincy Williams. I mean, Warner, Roquan Smith, and then You'd be hard pressed. I'm saying like I gotta, I gotta think. Yeah, you'd be you'd be hard pressed. Obviously, Fred Warner is an outstanding player. So is Roquan Smith. There's some great linebackers in the NFL. Obviously, Quincy Williams. I'd put his tape through the first four weeks of the season up there with anybody. He's been outstanding. He's amazing in coverage. He had that great coverage earlier on Noah Gray, uh, where it was just kind of hung stride for stride with him, got his hand up at the right time. And in run defense, the dude is is. I mean, he's always been a missile, but he's finally putting it all together. He's taking the right angles. I mean, he's. He's outstanding. This is Quincy Williams. This is the Quincy Williams that the Jets always knew that they could get. We always talked about how Quincy Williams has all pro potential. He has pro bowl potential. That's not potential anymore. If he continues to play like this, he will make the pro bowl this season and he will push for all pro consideration. He's better than their other quote unquote, all pro linebacker. I mean, CJ Mosley was second team all pro last year. Quincy Williams is, I don't want to say twice as good as him, but he's a lot better than CJ Mosley is right now. And I just, I think he deserves a lot of praise because He's arguably the best player in that defense right now, at least making the most impact plays. Obviously, Quinn Williams is outstanding. So is Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. Bryce Huff needs to be playing 60% of snaps because he is the best defensive end on the roster. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. He is the best defensive end on that roster. It's either him or John Franklin Myers. I need to I see less. Will McDonald had a couple good rushes when he wasn't held because he got held he like a couple he times. He did. I need to be seeing less of Jermaine Johnson. And, I, and that's not like I'm not trying to take shots at Jermaine Johnson. He's just not the guy that the Jets want him to be right now. He, he shouldn't be playing 60% of snaps. I don't know if Carl Lawson played more than five to 10 snaps. I didn't, I barely saw him out there and he was completely a non-factor when he was out there. That's fine with me. He's clearly not healthy. Like he's just, he's just not healthy. And And, and Jermaine's not bad. It's just, and they've been willing to do that. Like I noticed Al Woods was inactive and I mean, I think they probably could have used him with Pacheco running like he did, but I was, 
it, it was kind of, I know we wanted to run stuffing defensive tackle and we mentioned Al Woods a couple of times, but the weird thing is they were playing him like half the snaps in some games and a lot of pass rush snaps and he offers nothing. I think he'd tell you he offers little yeah. as a pass rusher. So I guess they thought like the fifth, just not really good. Let's just trust Quinn in. And I mean, some, it didn't work amazingly today because Pacheco had that big run obviously. And they got to, they got to button that up before they go and play Denver. But I mean, I think this shows that they're not as stubborn as we thought they were. That's what I was complaining about was the stubbornness. This is how we play, blah, blah, blah. And Robert Sala, I mean, Robert Sala, he can do that to a degree because his defense is cooking and he's shown he can be a really good defensive mind in this league. So if he's like, I want this guy playing, I think I'll defer to that. Hackett less so. And Hackett realized, you know what? I don't have that authority. Let me actually try Ruckert and try Gibson, which it was funny too, because I remember Hackett would always say, you know, we're not converting enough on third down. I've never heard anybody use lack of plays or conversions as a reason to not put a guy in the field. Wow. Ever. It, it, and it's just like it flipped. And, but the point being, he finally like sucked it up. He's like, all right, let's at least give it a shot. This scene, the motto for this entire game was F it, let's try it. Yeah. And, and a lot worked. of stuff worked. It's it's he completely flipped overnight. I know we were just talking about the defense, but I, I can't say enough good things about Nathaniel Hackett. I really can't. And that's crazy because I've been on his case since week one. Really, since or I, no, since week two, I was fine with him in week one. I, when I, they I, hired him, we didn't like it. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, well, obviously, we didn't love the hire when they hired him. Then they brought in Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, all right, I get it. I'm cool with this. And then week two happened, and I was like, oh, awful offensive game plan. This is terrible. Wasn't much better against Patriots. And I was like, this guy stinks. I said it multiple times on this podcast, on Twitter. I'm like, Nathaniel Hackett is a bad offensive coordinator. And if he makes me eat my words, because, like, please, I hope he does, because he was so, so good today. Like, just – so good, so good. I, I can't, I can't say enough good things about about how good he was because it was the person. Remember how we said Zach Wilson like doesn't need to think as much? Maybe Hackett doesn't need to think as much either. Maybe. Well, I, honestly, I, I thought, I think he thought a lot with his game plan. I thought there was just they just they threw so many wrinkles at him. They were it was not. It was a very not basic game plan. I guess. Well, that's what I mean when I hear when I say Dad don't have to think too much. I think things that he thinks are we need to get Dalvin Cook the ball more. We need to make sure <laughs> yeah, Randall Cobb's involved. We need to do this and that. If you turn it off and he just goes, oh, you know, let's try rolling him out and finding Alan Lazard deep. Yep, some of that stuff works. Let's yes. just keep hoping they keep implementing it. If they and- stop, if they leave it in can- at this game, I'm going to be even more mad than I would have been before that because then now I know they can do it. Now they got to yeah. keep doing it. And I remember saying it early in the game, after the, the, the first couple of drives didn't result in any points, they're down 17 nothing. I was still tweeting out, and I'm like, I love this game plan. I have no issues with how they've come out into this game plan, run and play action. They're trying things. They're trying to be a little creative. They're getting pre-snap motion. I, I know it's not working right now, but I'm happy with the process. And then I got people replying to me on Twitter. I know I always just bring up Twitter because these are a lot of my interactions with Jets fans during game days. So whatever, get on, get on Twitter and, and interact. With me. <laughs> uh, but like I got all people in my replies being like, yeah, they still scored no points. It doesn't matter, man. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like sometimes the process is good and the results don't happen. But if you keep doing the right thing, if you keep having the right process, it will eventually work out. And today was perfect proof of that. They weren't fi- like they didn't score at all in the first quarter. I'm pretty sure they were, they were shut out in the first quarter, right? It was 17 nothing. 17 first. Yeah. yeah. They were driving, but they didn't score. Right. And the offense, like I was still very happy with the offensive game plan. The offense wasn't perfectly executing. There was some issues. Wilson wasn't that great. It was O-line problems. It's fine. But the process was good. Nathaniel Hackett came out from the very beginning with an excellent, excellent game plan. The personnel usage. I mean, Jeremy Rucker, he played one. We played one snap last week, right? One snap. I swear he was on the field for 60% of snaps this week. It, it, it's crazy. He had obviously a great catch and he is their best run blocker. Like he is. I honestly, if you could put him up there with, with the offensive lineman in terms of how good of a run blocker he is, him and ABT are probably their two best run blockers right now. Uh, I, I throw, I throw Becton potentially. And in how that about Tipman too? Game Tipman two, Chris yes. Jones. Yes. How about Tipman, man? He, he had a couple of plays where I was like, yeah, but I, I think overall Joe, Joe Tipman definitely played a good game. I think the O-line for the most part, held up against a pretty, pretty good Chiefs defense. I know there were a lot of plays where, where Wilson was pressured, but they also had a lot of plays where he had all day to throw. Which Beck- Beckton was the sore spot, and I Beckton think the Chiefs figured it out a little bit later. They kept overloading the one side. 
if you notice, they weren't doing this earlier in the game. They started lining up Chris Jones opposite Mekhi Becton. That was not happening earlier in the game. They moved Jones because Jones is just a freak. Like, he's unbelievable. Oh, he, he, Aaron Donald level almost. Yeah, he, he is. Like, I think you could argue he's the best defensive tackle in football at this stage over Aaron Donald. And that's, that's it's an insane yeah. thing to say, but you you can make that argument. Yeah, I mean, Donald um, might just have it emeritus until he retires, but I mean. Right. It almost probably. feels like disrespectful to say that Aaron Donald's not the best tackle yeah. in football, but you can make the argument with Chris Jones. Uh, but they were starting. To, they started lining him up over Mackay Becton, and they did that for a reason. Like they did, did that for a reason. But I think well, we saw so many. Like I know there were a lot of plays where Zach Wilson was under pressure, but we also saw a lot of plays where there was just a clean pocket, and we weren't seeing that for a lot through the first few games. There was there was a lot of plays where Wilson just had all day to throw, and that, that was that was. I'm interested to see how the O line grades out, but I think overall they did a pretty good job protecting Wilson in this game. Dan Golston in chat, uh, everyone here, uh, it's no coincidence that Rodgers being in the building changed things. I mean, I don't know if I would go – Maybe. If I would go that far necessarily because, again, he was up in the stands for most of it. But you know what? Like, this is why I'm generally, again, fire everybody and tank for this guy. Because, number one, don't root for nebulous organizational change because, number one, the Jets have done it a bunch and it doesn't work. And, you know, number two, that's no fun to watch a bunch of, you know, young kids learn on the fly. But, like – that's why you can't ever, in my opinion, NFL completely bottom out because then you don't have grown-ups in the room. And if nothing else, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play. He's a freaking grown-up. And yep. I think if Aaron Rodgers, even if he obviously can't be on the sidelines because it's dangerous in his leg and all that, but like sideline blow-ups and stuff like that, like sometimes you need to do to be like, hey, man, just cool it for a little bit. Like it's underrated. And I'm not saying that he's got to go be like, you know, a Dr. Ruth, Dr. Ruth, a sex therapist. So never mind. Dr. Phil, but, but uh, and, all right. And calm everything. You don't know who Dr. Ruth is? Nope. Uh, yeah, go look her up. I don't, I don't watch that TV, man. Uh, that's a, the older people will get that reference. TV. But anyway, anyway, like sometimes just having somebody there, especially for a guy who, I mean, his entire career, Wilson's been swimming upstream and his mind's being pulled in 15 different directions and he's playing a mm-hmm. thousand miles an hour. Like, Sometimes having a guy to be like, hey, man, Al Lazard's open on the 10-yard in route. Like, it's understate. Like, sometimes in some people's brains, if they've been deprived of that too, sometimes it just clicks for a man. And I don't think Rodgers is going to be at too many more games. Again, he's got rehab and things like that. He's probably not going to travel on the road. But- and I hope he is. You know, you know what it reminded me of? Like, it reminded me of, of a dad showing up to watch his kid play, like, baseball. That's what it reminded me of. And it was like the kid's like, oh – my dad's here. I got to play really good today. Like I got, I got my family watching me. I got to be good. That's what it reminded me of. Like that's and Rogers has been in the building for two jets games this year. And both of them are the best two games that they played. Like, is that a coincidence? Possibly, maybe, I don't know, but I, I I really do think his presence has a calming effect on the entire locker room. He wasn't because obviously he was just up in the stands today, but he was in a meeting with the team last night. Like he's very much in contact with the team. He's back with the team. Like he was hanging with the team before the game. Obviously, he wasn't there on the sideline, but his presence is felt. And I do think there's something to that. Uh, even if it's just like, hey, dad's watching. We need to play better. We need to be at our best because we got to be that proud. Or if it's just a guy being like, hey, man, you get a grip. Like, calm yeah. down. Like, yeah. just, just relax. Now, uh, Josh Kerr way back early on said, how much time did this buy Wilson? I think that kind of ties into. A one and three versus one and three game, I think, got a lot more interesting because next week the Ooh. Jets play the Denver Broncos, who were almost zero and four, and were down twenty-eight to seven in the fourth quarter until Matt Eberflus, because Justin Fields was destroying that defense. Dude, if this, if oh my god, if, if Nathaniel Hackett calls this game against this Broncos defense, the Jets could drop forty, and I'm not joking; they could drop forty. I mean, Fields was balling too, but they were, and then Matt Eberflus decided to. With a chance to kick a field goal and go ahead, turned it over because he's Matt Eberflus and he sucks. But yes, I mean Denver looked. I mean they've looked uh, you know vulnerable this entire season. But the defense, yeah, has just completely fall. I mean the first week they played the Raiders, they gave up what like seventeen points, and you're thinking, all right, Denver, Jimmy Garoppolo, new team. And then week two, Sam Howell goes in there, lights them up, and you're like, okay, I don't know, maybe you know what this happens sometimes. New kid, they don't have a ton of film on them new scheme i'm like all right like these things happen sometimes you just have a game where you don't show up patrick mahomes just th- almost threw three interceptions in the game sometimes it just happens no 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 no. Gets- no 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 patrick mahomes did throw three interceptions in the game the nfl only recognizes two but he threw three yeah. interceptions. actually and then he almost threw another one at mosley dropped so, right yeah. he should have thrown four he yeah. did throw three the nfl only says he threw two yeah. that's what Some- happened. sometimes that happens 
But then they get 70 dropped on their head, and you're like, how did Vance Joseph not get fired? And then Justin Fields, who looked like he was playing John Heisman 1910s football earlier, has his best game, and he had like one incompletion with four touchdowns at one point. And you're like, all right, now this has become a game. And again, I hate to use this term because it's cliche. Like, if the Jets are one and four, I mean, that is that is curtains for this year. After all the positive momentum they picked up in this game, if they can't score in this game, that's a problem. Now, Russell Wilson, I got to be fair. Russell Wilson has gotten a lot of crap deservedly. First play with Denver. This year, he's got 67% completion, nine touchdowns, two picks, and a passer rating of 107. This is not on Russell Wilson. He's playing like Seattle Russell Wilson. And Seattle Russell Wilson has been a pain in the butt for Robert Sala defenses a couple times. So this is not somebody to take lightly. We're making fun of the defense and stuff like that. But this has all the makings of a good old-fashioned shootout. Now, Wilson did it once with Patrick Mahomes. Can he do it again with Russell Wilson? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, take it from someone who started the Broncos defense in fantasy this week. I was getting What were you thinking, man? Okay, first of all, it's the Bears. So I was like, I know the Broncos just gave up 70 last week. But I'm like, they're good for a couple turnovers. There's no way they can give up 70 again. Like, (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, to the Bears? And then Justin Fields started 13 for 13, and I'm like, what am I doing, man? What am I doing? Actually, he was 16 of 16, and the incompletion was like a Hail Mary. That's right. Whatever. I I, I was watching Red Zone, and I was just like – that. first of all, by the way, that's the best thing about having the Jets on primetime is I can watch the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games, and I'm like, this is amazing. I don't Uh, know. Yes, but whoever created the NFL app for that is not seeing the pearly gates. I can't watch that thing for more than a half hour without – Either the sound cutting out or something freezing. Just, just watch Red Zone. Watching fix it. Just watch Red Zone, man. Just watch Red Zone. I am watching Red Zone. I oh, can't you watch Red Zone. Oh. Here's Scott Hansen talking, and I see a guy throwing, and then he just gets frozen like that forever, and the sound cuts off. I'm like, who designed this? A bunch of elves? This wasn't made <laughs> properly. Oh, he's taking shots at elves. What's going on? Taking shots at Santa's elves and their shoddy craftsmen. How, how dare you? Back. How dare you take a shot at Kyler Murray? I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, I'm not Kyler Murray's hype, man. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to, I had to make. Learn the code. That's what I said. <laughs> but uh, I, I will. First of all, in my defense, the Broncos' defense, they ended up putting up like 12 points in fantasy because they got a touchdown. So that was great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if the Jets' offense can't move the ball against this defense, it's we got a problem. And I know I also hate the term like must win. I hate the term must win game because especially it's it's only week five. Like there's a lot of season to play. But you're going in this game. You're one and three. We know all the bad blood between these two teams has been brewing for months. They already asked Sean Payton about it after the Broncos game, and he was like, I know, I know you guys are going to get on my case about that, whatever, you know, all that stuff. This That's going to be such a narrative going into this week. And also, Nathaniel Hackett just coached the game of his freaking life before this game. Please, Nate, Nathaniel, do the same thing again. Literally do the same thing. If he calls this game plan against the Broncos and the Jets' offense walks all over the Broncos – Oh my God, man. Oh my God. Are that they... might be the best win of the year. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be, dude, the, the coaching or the, the entire locker room is going to just be, they're going to be overjoyed. Like they're just going to be so happy. They're going to be through the moon. Through the moon. Is that this? Over the moon. <laughs> they're going to catapult and through the moon and destroy it. <laughs> through the moon and over the roof is, as I think that's the correct saying. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I really hope so, man. I really hope he can come out and with, with a very similar game plan. Because today was really good, and I know it didn't result in a win, and that sucks, and I fucking hate the NFL referees. I'm not getting over that anytime soon. This this is the worst NFL referee screwing over the Jets since the Austin Safarian Jenkins game. That's This is the worst since then. It might be the worst for any team. I was saying earlier, remember that Rams-Saints game where they got yeah, like, smacked that, before they caught the ball? I think that one is worse than this. Well, situation, but, too, but, you know. Yeah, just because it was playoffs and because that literally that one play was it, and, but – this is really bad. Like, obviously, this is this is really, really, really bad. But I'd almost wish they don't come out and say it was a holding because that would make it worse. Like, the no, NBA, I, I does, it the I NBA does it too when they're like, "Oh yeah, that was actually a foul." I'm like, "Well, just don't admit." If you don't admit it, I'm like, "All right, then we can complain about it." If you admit you screwed up, hey, can we replay the game then? No. I want them to fit to fit the narrative that the Jets have had two of their three losses this season. The NFL has come out and said, "Yeah, we fucked up." <laughs> like about to it because happened in the Cowboys game as well, where they're oh, like, yeah, yeah that, that, that's like, yeah, that roughing the passer, that shouldn't have been roughing the passer. And it's like, all right, cool, that gave them seven points, awesome, thanks, got eight points actually, because because it was a roughing the passer on Michael Clemens as well, uh, which was probably a BS call. Okay, so. listen, listen here for a second, God, the blessed one, 
Someone always crying about my Chiefs ribbon. This is not crying about Get the out of the stream. They're what are you doing yet. here? Get out of the stream. Number two, you guys beat us. Fit. You know what? You guys beat us for the most part fair and square. You were Dude. up 17-0. That's a hard hole to climb out of. The Jets turned the ball over because Zach Wilson dropped the ball. There were opportunities to score. He kicked a field goal when he shouldn't have. Mahomes made a third and 22, a 24-yard run, third and 22, and then he made plays when he needed to. whoop de freaking do Chiefs won the game fair and square. Chiefs don't need help, man. Like that's they don't, if you watch if you're a Chiefs fan and you watch the end of that game and you said that, all right, that penalty, I don't you could think the Chiefs are the greatest team in the world. I hope they go 0-17. If you look at that play and say that was the correct call, you're lying to yourself. You don't know ball. You don't know ball. It's as simple as that. You don't know ball. I mean, that's all, the that's all a, I see on YouTube is people crying over the refs. Gee, I wonder why people yeah, are crying over the refs. The Probably because they got some ammunition for that. Did you watch the game, man? And look, like again, look, I'll, I'll, you I'll, guys I'll got screwed too by some calls. Exactly. I will. I will level with you, God, God, the blessed one. I will level with you. The Bryce Huff, uh, uh, was safety. The Bryce Huff safety should not have been a safety. That was the incorrect call. Jet fans were also upset that the Patrick Mahomes. Uh, play that was not intentional grounding wasn't called grounding and it wasn't grounding. That was also the correct call. Unfortunately, this call right here basically decided the fate of the game. And that sucks. That really does suck. But hey man, the Chiefs are great. Yo, you got you yo, you want to you want Super Bowls. Like relax, dude. Relax. You guys have won two Super Bowls <laughs> in four years with the best quarterback in the league and you're three and one and you're jumping into Jets fan streams to say cry me a river. Get your oh, priorities in order, man. This is a good question from Dan Golston in chat from YouTube. He said, genuine question. Do you think those clutch referee calls change with Rodgers under center? I think one of the biggest reasons that the Jets have not had a roughing the passer call since 2021, since December of 2021, is because they have not had good quarterback play. Unfortunately, I, I, people like to say it's a Jets problem. Maybe it is. It's really just the NFL is tends to be biased in favor of certain quarterbacks. If you are a great quarterback, you are much more likely to get the benefit of the doubt. If you are Zach Wilson, I'm sorry, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. I saw Bryce Young get almost decapitated today, and they didn't, they didn't call anything because it's Bryce Young because he hasn't earned the right to get decapitated and get a penalty for it yet. That's how the NFL works, and that sucks. So to answer your question, yes, I do believe so. I don't know about the holding call. I don't know what that's all about. As much as people want to be like there's a conspiracy, I have no idea. I mean, there are teams that generally seem to get the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situations. And boy, oh boy, am I mad that that referee threw that ball, threw that flag five seconds after the penalty supposedly occurred. I don't I'm know. And he's like, I don't know. Do I throw it? He's like, oh, wait. Oh, oh Mahomes interception. Yep, yep. There it is. Flag. Yeah. I thought Blaine Gabbard threw it. Never mind. Mahomes did. Yeah, he was Mahomes. Shoot, that's a flag. I like. I don't know if that's true, but I will say that absolutely with roughing the passer calls. Yes, a thousand percent. If Aaron Rodgers is the Jets' quarterback, like that that hit that I think it was Week One where Zach Wilson got just slammed in the head by Matt Milano, who does that a lot, by the way. He's a great player, but he does that a lot. Uh, that if that's Rodgers, that's penalty. That's a hundred percent a penalty if that's Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm I'm looking for we'll go into in in depth on Denver uh, in the Wednesday podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern so make sure you tune in for that. But one last like parting word I think and generally how I feel about this is I'm honestly as nervous more nervous for this than the Chiefs game because we've <laughs> never we've never seen Zach Wilson play this well, which yeah. also means we've never seen him a play this well a second time in a row like string <laughs> together games like this. And we've never seen defenses respond to a great game plan for Zach Wilson like this. Yeah. So now I don't know. Cause again, if he goes out and he completely bl- stinks it up against Denver, as much as we're talking about, like I, there, there's no way they're considering a quarterback change now, but Denver is one of those teams where like, all right, if, if they lose whatever guys are hurt, Russell, well, I don't think Denver is as bad as one in three. I think the offense is still very good. Yeah. I think, and again, when you give up 70 points, you're not going to give that up every game. Like, that was just an anomaly, and they ran into Miami at the wrong time. But, like, you got to at least have really bad. That defense looks so bad. Right. But if he's really bad, like, really, really, like, regular Zach Wilson, not this. Yeah. yeah. Then you got to at least say, all right, if he's not doing it against them, who's he going to do it against? That's what he did against the Chiefs, but we can't keep doing this dance every week of is Zach going to be awful or amazing? 
And that's what will suck. If he comes out and is horrific against the Broncos and just throws like three picks and can't complete a pass, it's going to be like, well, what, 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 what's, what is now? What do we do now? Like what that's what happened. That was that a fever dream. It's, it's exactly. That's what's going to happen. And the result of it is just going to be two consecutive losses where you just, you're no further to making a quarterback decision. Like I don't envy the Jets coaching staff, but I will say if they get anything close to this Zach Wilson performance and, and specifically again, if they get anything close to this game plan from Nathaniel Hackett, they should be in good shape against Denver. And I, I agree with you with the with the 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 nerves and the expectations because the reason I wasn't nervous at all going in this Chiefs game, I don't think most Jets fans were. I, I was just expecting a complete embarrassment. I'm not gonna I'm gonna be completely honest. We all were. I, I think most Jets fans were expecting this game to kind of just the entire broadcast be laughing at the Jets, the entire world to be laughing at the Jets. Instead, we had a great Sunday night football matchup between two teams that played really well. We had Zach Wilson outplaying the best quarterback in football. And that's not, not hyperbolic. He had a better game than Patrick Mahomes. Considerably so. Yeah, statistically, and even just watching the game. Wilson was really safe with the football. I know he had the fumble, but for the most part, he was very safe with the football. He made some really nice big-time throws. He was quick and decisive with his, with his reads. He was really good. And, yeah, I, I so there are nerves. There are definitely nerves going into, into, week, into week five because there's a lot at stake. The Jets need a win here. They, they, they really do need a win to keep their season alive. We just saw Zach Wilson play the best game of his career. Can he do it again? Now there's expectations. Now the expectations are he's not the worst quarterback in football. Which and, don't, and you know what? And they got Philly, too, after this. Philly is 4-0, and 4-0 is 4-0. But yeah. they've looked yeah. a lot more human yeah. at 4-0. And you know what? If they did this to Mahomes, maybe they could do it to Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I, that, that offense is not the same with Shane Steichen gone. Like, they're just not the same. They're, they're not the same. Uh, I, the Eagles are not like I know it's silly to say about a four and team, but they're not they're not a four and team. Like they're just not. Remember that one year the Steelers with Big Ben with throwing hospital balls were like eleven and zero, and then they lost like six yeah. games in a row. Yep. Like, <laughs> Eagles feel very phony a four and to me. I'm not scared to play the Eagles. I'm scared of that defense still. The pass rush is still ridiculous. That front seven's great. They have great. Oh, yeah, they could they could really spook Zach if they get to him. Yes, but let's just say this: if going into the game, my hope for the season was at ten percent. Before the game, now I'm at 25. Yeah, I'm at, I'm around you. I'm, I'm around the same thing because Nathaniel Hackett just showed me. No excuses now, by the way. If Nathaniel Hackett sucks after this, I'm going to be so mad. I'm even more mad because before this, I was like, oh, he just isn't a good offensive coordinator. He He's can't. Dumb. Yeah. Now I know he can do it. Now I know he can come out with an amazing game plan. I yeah. do like what you said that we want. I want to see how the Broncos defense looks at this and says, all right, how do we respond to this? Because they also know Hackett's system very well, obviously. They know his very system very, very, very well. And they well. know Wilson very well because they beat up on him a bunch. And they know Zach Wilson very well. Uh, Vance Joseph is basically calling for his uh, coaching for his job at this point because, boy, oh, boy, it, it, other than Matt Canada, there's probably not a coordinator in the NFL who's getting more calls for his job right now than, than the Broncos defense. Before this game, it was Hackett, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, before this game, might have been, I mean, Hackett's not going to get even Even if the, the Jets were so bad this year, Hackett probably wasn't going to get fired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now that Nathaniel Hackett showed me he can do this, do it again, man. Prove it. Do it that again. That also means I'm going to be harder on Zach too, though, because now I know you can do it. Yeah, do it again. This was great, Mike. We were both positive about Zach Wilson. This was what a great. I'm like, I know the Jets lost, yeah, and I know, I, I, again, I'm I'm guarded with it because every time I am, I give him a week, and I was positive after the Bills game. The Jets just have a knack. And anybody, people, anybody who's been a Jets fan for any period of time knows this. The Jets have a knack for doing exactly what you don't expect them to do in every situation, almost every single time, without failure. They consistently do what you don't expect them to do. Nobody expected this to happen today. Nobody expected Zach Wilson to have the best game of his career. Nobody expected Nathaniel Hackett to call the best game of his career or the Jets to be competitive against uh, the maybe the best team in football on primetime television for the first time for the first time they're on Sunday Night Football in a decade. Nobody expected any of this. Josh Kirk and Josh Kirk and sign us off with uh, this is what a moral victory is. I mean, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, but I mean, I, I and again, I want to feel. Ha I really don't know how to feel. I want to feel happy because if you had told me this that this scoreline would happen, I would have been like phenomenal. Yeah, and Wilson would play like this. Phenomenal. And then I got to watch that penalty, and I'm like, now I don't feel phenomenal. If you showed me the scoreline, I'd have been like, wow, we had a pick six and a return touchdown. That's crazy. <laughs> That's what I would have thought going into the game. I'd be like, no way. Or Brees Hall broke a run. Something happened. Chris Moore uh, calls Zach Butterfingers. Look, go, go, do something more positive. Go call your grandmother. Go volunteer. Go help old ladies cross the street. Do things that are more productive when you're time than the 10 seconds you spent writing that comment. <laughs> because if this is if this is the 
like again, who's hated on Wilson more than us? If that's your takeaway yeah. after yeah, this game, honestly, Mike, you are one of the biggest Zach Wilson haters I know, and I'm so proud of you. You haven't said a single bad thing about him tonight. I mean, again, like I did say earlier on, you know, turnover was what it was, but like yeah, it was. But yeah, that's, again, that's the, the fact he even was tying the game. They're down seventeen nothing against Mahomes, yeah. and he went on a twenty to three run. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. What what a, what a game, man. What a game. I, I I look, if you want to rewind, if if you're just tuning in now and you're like, "Oh, why are you guys so happy?" Watch the first 25 minutes of the stream. Watch the first 30 minutes cuz my god, where we living. I legitimately uh, had my phone keypad ready so in case I need to call 911 to put an <laughs> APB on the not APB, like call an EMT an APB. I, what, is, what is an APB? I don't even know what that is. All purpose like it's not an APB. We got a robber at this spot. That's oh like, yeah, that's, that's how cops call people out. Yeah, I got my, happening. <laughs> yeah, I got my letter. I got my terminology confusion. Yeah, now that we're, we we're both delirious, uh, I think it's time to call time on this stream. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in on YouTube and Facebook, wherever you may have tuned in. This was a lot of fun. Uh, about as good as we could feel after a three-point loss at home in prime time, where they did not soil themselves. So, thank you guys so much. You can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Wherever it may be that you get your podcast, we are on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok, both at the Jet Press. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, not for our egos, it's to drive us up those review charts. Justin, how about you sign us off? Of course, man. And again, as you said, Mike, we appreciate everybody who tunes in and watches, who comments. We read every single comment. Greatly appreciate all of you guys' support. Even though it was a tough loss, uh, I'm glad that we can always come here after the game and, and vent together and talk about this team together because the Jets have a wonderful community, even if this team disappoints us sometimes. Also, uh, just quick shout out. Uh, we're we're going to talk about it more on the show, I'm sure. But we had a Joe Klecko interview go live. Uh, we mentioned it last time, I think, on the show. I, I interviewed Joe Klecko this past week. That was a ton of fun. That is live on the site right, or on the on the our YouTube right now. So check that out if you have the time. But until then, until next time, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at my Mike Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press at the Jet Press. You can download Jet Press Podcast wherever you get your podcast, as Mike mentioned. Also, check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and immediately following every single Jets game. Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We'll see you guys next time. See you on Wednesday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.